All right, so this is another installment where I read from my blog called Status Quo Defenders. And this particular um, post is titled Cluster B, The System Keeps Rewarding Loons, Liars, Nepotists, and Corruptocrats. So why does the media obsess over the similarities between Trump and Putin? Putting aside accusations of media being hysterical and chasing headlines and all that fun stuff, it's also because of the two really do have some similarities. Both present themselves as strong men in the classic style of authoritarian leaders, and both obviously are egocentric liars, exaggerate their own value, and deep down you can tell they have delicate egos. They also have loyal cult-like supporters, and partly why that happened in America regarding Trump is because overall, capitalism often rewards people with bad traits in ways that give them additional power. Trump is a very obvious example of that. Of that. The mainstream media have often also failed over the years to challenge not only religion, but religion-like thinking especially among far-right Christians. That is largely because among both liberals and right-wingers, it is considered too uncouth, too politically disadvantageous to challenge religious beliefs or religious claims. The liberals don't challenge it, or at least don't challenge it as much as the far-right would claim they do, because liberals often just want to play nice, and Democrats need some wacky Christian votes in order to win elections. Also, some Democrats are genuinely Christian. Let's not forget about that. So, for their part, right-wingers don't criticize these call-like people because they are the base of the party, as we have found out in the last seven or eight years. Why else was the media often afraid to name the fear-mongering Christian cults that pose an existential threat to America? before Trump rolled into the White House? Well, it was so busy bashing Muslims as being the only extremist religious leaders out there worth shivering in fear over. In fact, the media helped create a climate of fear regarding Muslims. So Bobby Jindal, the former governor of Louisiana, wasn't afraid to shoot his mouth off about Muslims, saying, the president should say this today. I think he should say to Muslim Muslim leaders, Islam has a problem. That problem is radical Islam. So he said that. And look, this happened because indeed 9-11 was a scary enough event and Al-Qaeda, the Taliban, and later ISIS proved to be definitely crazy and dangerous along with other random Muslim terrorists out there. Then along came the so-called Tea Party movement and Trump alongside it, capitalizing on some of those fears, lying about Barack Obama, supposedly being a secret, atheistic, Muslim, Marxist, Wall Streeter, and sure, maybe the military killed Osama bin Laden under Barack Obama, but the Republicans sure were not going to celebrate that. Though, let's face it, if it had been a Republican who ordered the hit on OBL, we would have never heard the end of it. Simultaneously, Trump wrote the conspiracy theory that that Obama must have been 
foreign-born, and people like Sheriff Joe Arpaio from the right-wing lunacy den of Arizona also riled people up about Barack Obama's supposed forged birth certificate, which, just like the non-existent WMDs, WMDs from the Iraq War, sort of was a big lie before we got the other big lie regarding the 2020 election. Ironically, though, despite Trump obviously not really being a Christian, he and his team creatively tapped into conspiracy theory mentalities related to religion, pairing them with the QAnon craziness that gave us things like Pizzagate, married it with certain elements of Alex Jonesism, and marinated it with pro-big business messaging, as well as constant xenophobia regarding illegal immigrants, the spooky illegal immigrants. Meanwhile, as we have now learned, Donald Trump, despite promising to ban Muslims from entering the United States, nevertheless has proved shockingly loyal to the Islamic extremists in the Saudi government, going so far as to let them host a golf tournament on his golf course in Bedminster, New Jersey. On that note, I have to say the irony of Saudi Arabia hosting a women's golf tournament should be enough to make a person's head spin. Meanwhile, again, as the New York Times and others have noted, six months after leaving the White House, Trump's son-in-law and blatant nepotism beneficiary Jared Kushner secured a $2 billion investment from a fund led by a Saudi crown prince. So think about that in context. One of the biggest Islamophobes out there, Donald Trump, who arguably even launched his at one time successful political career from a launching pad of Muslim bashing, wound up being in bed with literal Islamic theocrats, possibly even this whole time. And there are still Christian right-wingers out there loyal to him, even after this has been public knowledge. You know, I'm not saying something from some obscure website here. This is all well-known stuff. Well, it's because Donald Trump lies and lies and lies, and his idiot followers believe and believe and believe. Hell, even Trump's constant bashing of immigrants has been revealed as mostly a scam. Not only did Trump not build the wall or make Mexico pay for it, but Steve Bannon swooped in, got convicted of money laundering and wire fraud for his We Build the Wall scam, and then Trump pardoned Bannon's corrupt, lying ass. Again, nothing secretive about that. It's a matter of public record. But, you know, people still support these people. <laughs> it's just the way it is, I guess. So if someone would have come in and built that border wall in a way that wouldn't financially benefit right-wingers, I think they might be the first ones to go ahead and tear down that wall. Tear down that wall. The man they worshipped and respected is a chronic liar, fraud, corruptocrat, who tells transparent, premeditated, and sometimes spontaneous lies all the time. We have seen others similar to Trump emerge, of course. In fact, I'll be fair and note how Joe Biden had to suspend his presidential campaign previously, um, back in the 1980s, I believe, because he exaggerated his academic record and was caught egregiously plagiarizing speeches not just borrowing a line or two, which could happen even by accident, 
but giving one speech in which, it, in which it appears like he actually studied how some other politician wowed his audience. Even more recently, though, we have this George Santos freak who instantly fell out of disfavor when it was learned that he's lied about practically everything. Wikipedia does the man justice in its explanation. To quote Wikipedia here, Santos claimed that his mother's parents were Ukrainian Jews who fled from the Holocaust to Brazil, but records obtained by several sources showed his mother's parents were born in Brazil and none of her ancestors were Ukrainian or Jewish. Despite originally claiming to have Jewish background beliefs and calling himself a proud American Jew, Santos later said, I never claimed to be Jewish. I said I was Jew-ish. <laughs> Could you even write something like this? Like, oh man, who comes who comes up with this stuff? Like, he apparently did, I guess. Um, it's even alleged that George Santos lied about his mother dying due to 9-11. Of course, I don't think all of the details of that have been revealed yet, but you know, it should be interesting to find out, you know, exactly what about that is true and what isn't. It could be the whole thing is basically made up. So Santos is currently wanted for check fraud charges in Brazil. According to the Daily Beast, quote, in 2008, while living in Brazil, age 19, Santos stole the checkbook of a man his mother was caring for and used it to buy shoes. He later confessed and was charged, according to Brazilian court records viewed by the newspaper. Santos left the country before the case could be resolved. End quote. Santos also lied about attending the elite horse man private school. That place says they don't have him on any records, which colleges certainly keep. Even if a fire had swept through the place, there's a pretty solid chance they'd have him in some online database, or there would be some other paper trail. But I guess that paper trail leads down to a black hole somewhere because no one can find it. Santos also claimed he worked for Goldman Sachs. Goldman Sachs told the Times that Santos never worked there, but Santos weaseled his way out of that one by saying, well, he didn't work directly for them. He must have been some sort of consultant, right? Something like that. So the Daily Beast also alleges that Santos falsely claimed he ran a charity that saved thousands of dogs, that four of his employees died in the Pulse nightclub shooting, that and he lied about being gay, <laughs> though he nevertheless supported Ron DeSantis's sick anti-gay laws in Florida. And he claims to be a real estate genius, and on and on and on. So, quite a mixed legacy of lies here. So it's become obvious that voters like a success story, which leads to serial liar candidates who swoop in and take full advantage, because dumb voters think working for the government is like running a business when it actually is different, or is at least supposed to be different. Theoretically, anyway, the government is supposed to help people and you're not supposed to make everything in government about profit. Well, that is unless Republicans have their way, and they sure enough often do. 
Then you have Herschel Walker, who lies about his history of womanizing, violence against women, and and also paying for them to have abortions, while claiming to be staunchly opposed to abortion. And all of these anti-gay Republicans who are ultimately exposed as gay, you've got those two, and also some anti-pedophile conservatives get exposed as pedophiles, or at least pedophile-adjacent, including Randy Jean Kaufman, a Republican who canceled his campaign after he was busted whacking off near a preschool. So that's another thing that happened not very long ago. But the lies are at least slightly similar to a non-politician case. There's this guy named Christopher Massamine, or Massamine, something like that. He's a former theater producer. He similarly lied on his resume, falsely, falsely claiming Tony Award nominations and other awards and recognition he did not formally receive. Regarding his Cluster B personality disorder, Massimine engages in deception, attention-seeking, unpredictable thinking or behavior, dramatic and narcissistic behavior. The man himself said in an article he published in Newsweek, quote, As part of my diagnosis, when I am in mental distress, I create fabrications to help build myself up. Since that self-esteem by itself doesn't exist, I compensated in the only way I knew how to. I created my own reality, and eventually that spilled into my work. End quote. It is a bit interesting and refreshing to see someone admit they have a problem with lying, at least. But where does a personal problem end and a societal one begin? There are still Trump loyalists out there who will argue in so many words, Sure, Trump says some crazy stuff, but at least he knows what he's talking about and doesn't say anything that can be construed as fiction. You know, there are still people who somehow have that belief. But, you know, he he is now brazenly having Thanksgiving week dinner with neo-fascist Holocaust deniers like Kanye West and Nick Fuentes, is no longer denying that he had those documents at Mar-a-Lago, though he falsely claims other presidents have done entirely similar things. Regarding that, Trump says if he's indicted for document theft and destruction, there will be problems the likes of which perhaps we've never seen in the, uh, you know, future. Similarly, Trump has said that we should terminate the U.S. Constitution if it prevents him from being reinstated. That's the beloved iconic leader of the party of law and order there, folks. So let's be clear, Trump is dangerous, but only because America allowed him to become that way. If we had done a better job, he would have just been that rich guy who's on TV sometimes, who's a jerk, but not capable of potentially tearing the country apart at the seams. And, you know, even putting aside the big lie, even a lot of his literal or his littler lies ought to catch up to him more. So remember, Trump said, quote, Perhaps the most embarrassing moment in the history of our country, where we lost lives in Afghanistan, left Americans behind, and surrendered $85 billion worth of the finest military equipment anywhere in the world regarding the withdrawal from Afghanistan after 
you know, Trump had himself made that agreement, of course. Well, regarding that claim about $85 billion, those dreaded CNN fact-checkers, who Trump calls the enemy of the people, nonetheless explained why he was quite wrong in that $85 billion remark. So they say the Defense Department has estimated that this equipment had been worth about $7.1 billion, a chunk of about $18.6 billion worth of equipment provided to Afghan forces between 2005 and 2021, and some of the equipment left behind was rendered inoperable before U.S. forces withdrew. There is not any basis for Trump's claim that $85 billion worth of equipment was left behind. As other fact-checkers have previously explained, that was a rounded-up figure. It's closer to $83 billion for the total amount of money Congress has appropriated during the war to fund supporting the Afghan security forces. Only part of this funding was for equipment. So that's the end of that quote from Newsweek. Now, obviously, to you or me, $7 billion is still a lot of money. But you know what? $7 billion is still a lot smaller than $85 billion. So yeah, even little lies like this end up mattering quite a bit, actually. But Trump, who is supposed to be a paragon of virtue and a wellspring of truth, far more often ends up being a spewer of fake news himself. But to me, one of the blatantly evil little lies that Trump told was when he accused Buffalo, New York BLM protester Martin Gugino of faking his own head injury when a cop pushed, or when a cop pushed him in 2020 and he fell on the sidewalk, cracking his skull and bleeding from his ear. Trump disgustingly claimed, quote, Buffalo protester shoved by police could be an Antifa provocateur. 75-year-old Martin Gugino was pushed away after appearing to scan police communications in order to black out the equipment. <laughs> At OANN, I watched. He fell harder than was pushed. Was aiming scanner. Could be a setup? End quote. Or, and tweet also. So when he said, fell harder than was pushed, that's just fucked up. One little tweet had so many lies packed in, and it's not a lie Trump had to tell for any reason. And yes, I, I could compare it to Alex Jones saying that school shootings were hoaxes and false flag operations, but a key difference is that Donald Trump was president at the time. This wasn't just some rando conspiracy nut making wild claims willy-nilly. This was the person with officially the highest position of authority in the land. So yeah, we need to stop rewarding liars, nepotists, corrupt charlatans, and bizarre and crazy belief systems and spontaneous crackpot theories so much. So all right, that's all I have to say about that one for now. And uh, you have a good day.